Hey guys, it's Marie and Raina. Welcome back to those Murder Girls podcast. We are here with a mashup for you this morning. We got three stories for you today. And here we go. So this is actually a developing story out of the Caribbean islands. On April 27th, two girls aged one and six were believed to have been kidnapped by their father who shares custody of these two girls with their mother, Beatrice Zimmerman. So 37-year-old Thomas Jimino had visitation with the girls on April 27th, and he was to return the kids back home to their mother after their time together, which it was said to only be a few hours. Well, he nor the girls have returned since. Family and authorities are in a race against time in their efforts to locate the girls safely. So Thomas had allegedly been sending these messages to Beatrice, the girl's mom, saying that he had planned to take the girls without her consent, like taunting her. He then began to call Beatrice, continuing these ongoing threats, promising that she would never see him nor her daughters ever again. So scary. So scary. And based on the messages um, that they've handed over to these authorities, this case has been labeled as a high-risk situation. A concerning transaction was made between Thomas's bank accounts the day before the trio went missing. A transfer of 55,000 euros, which is equivalent to about 67,000 US dollars, was transferred from one of Thomas's accounts into another. Thomas didn't withdraw a single penny from either account. All he did was transfer the money to and from. So Thomas's house and the farm that's part of his family's agricultural business were part of a four-hour search. If any evidence was confiscated from the home or on that farm, it was never made public. On Wednesday, May 5th, Thomas Gamino's boat was found by the Coast Guard drifting off the coast of Spain. It was unoccupied and it was discovered only a few hours after the father and the two girls were reported missing. Blood was found on the boat and initial tests concluded that the blood did belong to Thomas, but there was no word on how long the blood is suspected to have been there. And that's what I want to know. Like, is it from a minor injury that he had, like, while on the boat prior, you know, or is it because everybody's missing? I'm in suspense. So Thomas, after all, had told Beatrice that he had planned to set sail with the girls within his many threats towards her. But, like, could this have been a setup? Or a red herring, like, just took the boat out, hopped on another one. Took off. Make them think that, yeah. So on the 27th, security cameras caught Thomas at the dock in his parked car, and it was around 9.30 p.m. at night. And then he was walking around the dock on multiple occasions around 12.30 a.m., In all of the footage that was captured, the girls were not seen in any of it, and they were not seen by the security guard that was in the area during this time frame. What the guard did see is that Thomas was carrying suitcases, bags, and he had clothes. But, like, whose suitcase and bags and clothing, though? The million-dollar question. Were they just for him? Like, who were they? Where are we going, Thomas? So Thomas had left the marina in his boat around 9.50 p.m., but he returned to purchase a phone charger from the marina store before then returning to the dock again. And again, he's seen around 12.30 a.m., and then he literally vanished into thin air. 
So this boat is now in the custody of forensic experts undergoing a very thorough examination. And a theory that we read is that Thomas had ditched this power-operated boat and then he transferred into a sailboat and that he's heading for the Caribbean islands. So scary. So divers specializing in recovery efforts have been searching the waters with law enforcement and other professionals, believing that the bodies can possibly be recovered of the three individuals if they did, in fact, end up in the water. So they're following the currents and searching where they believe that the bodies would eventually end up, hoping that they're able to recover them if the three are, in fact, now gone. So friends of Thomas don't believe that he has harmed or ever would harm the girls. They believe that the authorities are going to find him, Olivia, and Anna somewhere in hiding, just safe and sound. But on the flip side, he has another group of acquaintances, I'm not going to say that they're friends, um, that are very familiar with Thomas, and they allege that Thomas cannot be trusted and, you know, authorities should be on high alert because... Thomas is a drug user. He's known to be violent and he's known to have been involved in multiple robbery cases that are still ongoing. They're just like, this guy's super shady. And they also said that they know that he doesn't have any problem committing fraud because he committed insurance and both fraud in the past. So there are. Sounds like a great guy. I know. And another witness claims to have been present when Thomas physically assaulted Beatrice and her boyfriend in a public parking lot. So clearly they do not trust this guy. Not at all. He has like bad intentions. So this incident was never reported to authorities and it doesn't end there. There's another witness who was unnamed um, but said to be a store owner in town that says that Thomas had gotten into an altercation with Beatrice and her ex-boyfriend and another man just prior to the new year. And it was extremely violent. So that's not a good sign <laughs> of the character that Thomas is. Not at all. Clearly. Uh, we have a photo of Thomas, Anna, and Olivia. It can be found on our social media at Those Murder Girls Podcast on all of our social media platforms. Thomas is one of the most wanted men in Tenerife right now. So contact information for the authorities can be found, like we said, on our social media. Interpol has also issued a bolo for all the ports in the surrounding area for Thomas. I'm pretty sure there's some cash that's being offered too. So yes. keep an eye out, so. y'all. <laughs> Find him <laughs> if and you're the girls in, more importantly. If you're in the area. So we're just praying that those young girls get returned to their mother safely and unharmed. Absolutely. The next story that we're going to lead in for you guys is the story of Maricela Botella Valdez. And I remember when this story hit the news, I was following it and it just went dead for a while. We have an update now. So the story started back on October 2nd, 2020. 23-year-old Maricela Valdez had traveled from Seattle, Washington to Dallas, Texas to pay a visit to her then ex-boyfriend. She was in town for a few days and decided that on October 4th, she was going to head out to a local club that was located in Deep Elam, Texas. She had texted her friend saying that a lift was going to pick her up, but she was never seen or heard from again. So video surveillance footage shows Maricela leaving the Select Start Arcade and Bar 
after 1 a.m. And she was accompanied by an unknown man. When her family was shown the footage, they had confirmed to police that they didn't know who this man was that she was with. All of her things, her clothes, personal items, everything she brought with her on the trip were still back at her ex-boyfriend's house. And then she never boarded her flight home to Seattle that following Monday. So obviously, naturally, the family was frantic, you know, knowing she would never just disappear like that. She had a great life back in Seattle. She had a killer job. I mean, this is just so unlike her. So she's reported missing and volunteers and police begin to search for her. But they didn't really have, you know, a whole lot to go off of other than knowing she was last seen with that unknown man. That's all they had to go on. So in November 2020, her case was changed from want to locate to an endangered person. And after they identified that mystery man in the footage as a gentleman by the name of Charles Beltran, and he too was missing or I don't know. I think he just didn't want to be found. found. Yeah, right. (laughs) Either way, there was a bolo issued for him and the cops had questions like they just wanted to talk to him. Is he connected to this missing woman? They literally just wanted to talk to the guy. He wasn't even considered a suspect. They just want to know, like, what do you know about Maricela? So after Maricela disappeared, there was no activity on her, any of her accounts, her phone, social media, or within the banks, which obviously for a 23-year-old girl is going to be super strange. And I feel like for most people nowadays, it's just a sign that something's wrong. I'm on social media scrolling and sometimes I don't even know. (laughs) And it's so freaking annoying. I like throw my phone down. So in December 2020, the police came out saying that they believed that Maricela was a victim of foul play. So this is super scary because Charles is one rough looking dude. So rough. You guys look at his photo. It's on our social media for you guys. So Maricela's photo is just blasted all over all of the news outlets. So they're waiting for Charles, you know, to come forward so they can just have a chat with him. You know, if you're not hiding anything, you see her face plastered everywhere, you know, come and chat with us. Um, In late December, the police end up locating Charles's car and the most disturbing find within that car were hairs that were believed to belong to Marcella. A judge ends up granting warrants for the arrest of Charles Beltran and two other women. Police wanted to get their hands on 49-year-old Nina Marano and 57-year-old Lisa Dykes, in addition to Charles. So all three suspects had recently quit their jobs after Marcella's disappearance and had moved out of the area, refusing to cooperate with police. Mm, That seems a little suspect. (laughs) So obviously the question is, why would they want to kill or even harm her? They didn't have any connections between the three girls or the four of them in total. So what did these women have to do with her disappearance? They weren't even seen on the surveillance camera. So it's just times like this where I wish I was an investigator because I want to get my hands on the evidence. Me too. (laughs) I just like die to know what, especially when they're like, oh, we've sealed off the records. I'm like, Like, no. I want to know. What yep. do you know? But it's Raina and Marie. They're not sealed from us. Come on. Just <laughs> tell us. So sadly, on March 24th, like a month and a half ago, Maricela's remains were found deep in a wooded area near East Belt Line Road in Wilmer, Texas. Police were able to piece together a location and a timeline 
using all of the suspects and Marcella's phone records. Technology for the win. Where would we be without it? (laughs) Cops had determined that the night she disappeared, she was, in fact, with all three of these suspects. They had traced the phones back to a home located on Kensington Drive, and this was in Mesquite, Texas. And this actually was the home of Charles Beltran and Lisa Dykes. So when the cops went back and searched the home, they found brown and red streaks underneath the carpet, mainly in Charles's room. And these appeared to be blood and the carpet like had recently been deep cleaned, Mm. like all sorts of shadiness. So the DNA tests later did identify that that blood was in fact Maricela's. You know what's funny? Now that we're like doing the podcast and obviously like our love for true crime but nobody can like even shampoo their carpets anymore like we see our neighbor rolling a shampooer in like um i need to have your family line out outside i want everybody accounted for reina had to park in a dark parking lot on her way to work one morning and she called me and she's like i just saw a lady washing a car and it seemed really suspect i'm like why do our minds go there automatically because she killed him overnight buried him stored him in the car (laughs) in the parking garage so bad um so these records from the cell phones showed that on that night october 5th lisa dykes nina moreno left that home in mesquite they had driven out to a wooded area and it was near this like concrete plant and they actually ended up matching concrete from this plant to the tire wheel well of charles beltran's car when they recovered it in New York. You can't get away with shit these days. <laughs> Not today. So Nina was arrested on March 25th in Miami, Florida. She is actually an attorney. Oh my God. And she's an attorney who was booked on charges of capital murder and is now patiently waiting her extradition back to Texas to face those charges. Beltran was finally arrested in Utah just outside Salt Lake City. He was taken into custody on capital murder as well. Lisa Dykes was found in Florida and was booked on those same charges. So police have not released a motive for this murder. And I want to know if they don't even know her what, unless it's just a random act of killing. Like what is your <sighs> Who knows what is these motive? days? After they are extradited back to Texas, they will obviously all face trial, and then we'll know. Right. But until then, we're left to wonder. At least we'll get some sort of closure after all of these months of really, I remember when the case went cold, we're like, where is she? I know. Like, what happened? I'm glad this, I mean, this is a shitty situation, and her poor family, but we know people that have personally been waiting very long time for answers as to what happened to their child mm-hmm. and there's people that wait for years so yeah. at least the family's not far from finding out what happened to their daughter um, mm. you guys watch out for their trial it's supposed to start this year so hopefully they get justice for Maricela. <sighs> yes Now, our third part of your mashup today is actually a very recent case as of this week as recently. It's the story of Rita Mays, and she was, as people have dubbed her online, she was the VA killer. So we're just giving you lots of stories today, guys. (laughs) This woman has been dubbed the monster no one sees coming and the angel of death. And we're here to fill you in on this insanely sick nursing aide, Rita. 
So only 1% of the U.S. population will, in fact, raise their right hand to join the military. 1%, you guys. Thank you, all service members and veterans. We love you. And they're here to, as you know, protect and defend this great nation. So when military members leave the service, I mean, right, Reina, we would expect that they would be taken care of. Oh, that's literally all I want. The least you would think. Absolutely. So proper health care, treatment, you know, for the time that they did serving our country. Now, the Veteran Affairs is responsible for 9 million military veterans. And while there has been speculation over the years about the VA treatment and services, we're not going to get into that today. That's not what we're here for. One VA nursing aide by the name of Rita Mays was killing our veterans. And this is where our story begins. So... We're going to go back to the beginning of 2017, and this is when Rita was a nursing aide at the Lewis A. Johnson VA Medical Center in Clarksburg, West Virginia. She had been employed there since 2015. The center's mission statement was, together we honor and serve America's veterans. Well, for Rita, she was far from protecting that statement, that's for sure, or following through to care for any of her patients. It all started when she began her career at the VA Medical Center working the night shifts. During these shifts, patients that were under her care just began to die. And they were passing away of hypoglycemia, which is the condition that's related to diabetes. It's when your blood sugar levels are lower than normal. And so insulin is provided as a treatment to regulate those levels. And those treatments have to be in the correct dosage, of course. Now, nursing aides and assistants were not permitted or even qualified to administer any sort of medication to the patients. Death by insulin is one of the most painful ways to die. Patients can experience tremors, anxieties, sweating, mental changes, and even seizures. So a majority of the patients that were passing away were all in their 80s, and two of them were even in their 90s, and they had served in World War II. These veterans had dementia, so they weren't even able weren't even able to call for help because of their physical conditions, and some didn't even recognize that something was wrong just because of the state that they were in, which is just horrible. Rita herself was actually a military veteran, and she served in the Iraqi War in 2003 and 2004 which she had claimed to have PTSD from, along with military sexual trauma. But that doesn't really give you the green light to just kill people. (laughs) No, it does not. Her first victim fell prey on July 19th. That's when Mays had administered a dose, mind you, an unauthorized dose, of insulin to a VA patient by the name of Robert Edge Sr., So this patient died as a result of that dose given to him. She did not kill her next victim until almost like the next year in January of 2018. And she once again gave a fatal dose of insulin to Robert Kozel. Then in March 2018, she gave a fatal dose to Archie Edgel and George Shaw, both of whom died as a result of those dosages. In April, she went on to kill William Holloway and Felix Dermott. Dude, calm down, lady. Like, no one at this point is wondering, like, what's going on? Like, why there's a pattern? Like, every other shift (laughs) that she's on, on, people are just passing away? 
So in June, she murdered Raymond Golden, and another patient died later in a nursing home after she had administered insulin to him as well. But it was never confirmed if his death was a direct result of that dose given. But I just think that it was. So now late June, a veteran affairs inspector general was informed of possible suspicious deaths pertaining to these veterans at this specific medical center. They dispatched a team of investigators, and it wasn't long at all, really, before they zeroed in on Mays. And it was a little too late, if you ask me. (laughs) And Rita was immediately fired from her position at the VA clinic as a result of her being insulin happy. The number of deaths at the center during the time frame that Rita worked there was 20. Dude, that's crazy. So in the investigation, they recorded over 300 interviews. They looked over thousands of medical charts, computer records, and they met with forensic experts. And they went as far as to even exhume some of the victims' bodies so they can conduct forensic testing on them as well to determine whether their death was directly involved with Rita and her freaking needles. So they found out that Mays had conducted multiple searches online about female serial killers. She had an infatuation with watching the Netflix series Nurses Who Kill (laughs) and yet just continued to just deny that she had any knowledge or did any wrongdoing causing any of these veterans' deaths. Like She's like, no, I had zero involvement. (laughs) So eventually she finally admits to the murders of so many heroes. She admitted to giving them fatal doses of insulin and said that she believed that they were suffering. And and there was one article that I read where she said that all she wanted to do was just like help them pass gently. And I'm like sick piece of shit. Uh beyond that, yeah. So nothing gives you the right, Rita, to just take a person's life because you feel a certain way asshole and can you imagine if she stayed like with the hospital how many other people would have fell victim to this bitch like how many more veterans would she would have killed seriously so she never fully gave a reason why she committed these murders which is super sad for the families you know like those individuals gave everything to serve their country like you can at least give them a fucking answer either way you're probably in jail for fucking ever anyways Yes. Well, actually, she did plead guilty in July to seven counts of second-degree murder and one count of assault with intent to commit murder. Now, at her sentencing, which was this week, you guys, she said the following statement to the families that packed that courtroom. She said, quote, There are no words I can say that offer the families any comfort. I can only say that I'm sorry for the pain I have caused the families and my family. I don't ask anyone for forgiveness because I don't think I could forgive anyone for what I did. Not good enough. So (laughs) Mays was sentenced to seven life consecutive sentences plus 20 years. Hell yeah. She was ordered to pay the victims' families a settlement along with the VA hospital, along with Medicare, and various insurance companies. Now, the judge presiding over the case said at her sentencing, quote, you are the worst kind, the monster that no one sees coming. Mm. 
So one of her victim's daughters spoke, and it was the daughter of Felix McDermott. She said, you took the greatest men of their time, our loved ones, our veterans, and you preyed on them when they were at their weakest. For that, you are a coward. If you have any morals at all, you will give the other families peace of mind knowing the truth of what happened to their loved one. God may forgive you as I never will. Dang, Mm -hmm. that's powerful. She said that with so much more class than I ever could have had. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. So Mays will live out the rest of her life behind bars. Where she should be. And the VA Medical Center has reopened after they implemented specific measures to improve patient care. And we can only hope that those new implemented measures carry on and are successful and all of our veterans remain safe and taken care of and get the treatment that they need with people like Mays behind bars forever yes well that was our episode you guys you had three stories another mashup we know you guys like them so we hope you guys have a great day and a nice weekend we want to you know pray for the safe return of Anna and Olivia the monsters that are involved with Maricela's case like we only can hope that they get the freaking maximum punishment for her murder obviously we know Maze will spend the rest of her life behind bars for the sick murder she committed so please before you guys get on with your day please head over to wherever you're listening to us now and leave us a review and rate us if you haven't already and if you have thank you very much as always we hope you guys have a safe weekend and we will be back here next friday Bye, Bye guys. guys.